everybody. Welcome back to episode number two of season number three of the Armchair Crew Chief. My name is Jordan, and I am here with Rebecca. And we had a slightly uneventful start to the season to start it off with our first race. A big yawner. Um, it was it was interesting to say the least, and it was interesting because multitude events. Um, we had Mother Nature kind of play a role in this race. And it was also one of those things that made you question a lot of question <clears throat> a lot of people questioned it because they knew about what was gonna happen five days before it was gonna happen. And what I'm talking about is the rain. So the clash happened this past weekend. It's the start of the season, if you want to call it that, even though the Super Bowl for NASCAR is the Daytona five hundred. And that is the the warm-up race, if you want to call it that, before we start getting into the qualifying sections of the the race and the racing season and how everything is. <clears throat> and so it was supposed to play out where Saturday was practice and qualifying. And then you had Sunday was the Mexico race, which uh, the Mexican League, NASCAR Racing League, I don't I can't remember the name of there. Uh, I think they, they raced for taco i'm not even gonna butcher what it is in mexican hispanic spanish but um they they were supposed to race then the last chance qualifier and then it was going to be the clash on sunday night eastern time kind of running in the evening on uh over on the west coast but that got all messed up with the rain coming in they had about four inches i heard Sunday 4.01 or something like that Sunday in downtown Los Angeles and they had even more come through so kudos if you want to call it that to NASCAR for rushing to get this done Uh, I heard other people say that they should have just scrapped it and came out Super Bowl weekend and ran Um, I don't know how I feel about any of that I see both sides of it so Kind of just to dive into everything. So qualifying was based on the third practice that happened. And this race is only, I think it's 26 or so, get a chance to go in and race. Or it might actually be less than that. It's 23. It's 22, get to qualify in, and then 23. uh, There were 23 racers because we had a provisional. So Denny Hamlin got the pole. Logano started second, Ty Gibbs third, Alex Bowman fourth, Kyle Busch fifth. Our previous winners of this race, Martin Truex Jr. started 19th, and then Joey Logano was second. Our provisional was last year's uh, champion, Ryan Blaney. He got the last, the 23rd spot. So that's pretty much how everything lined up with them. Uh, so it was kind of a, a slow start. Ty Gibbs did though kind of surprise, I think a lot of people with how aggressive he was at the beginning yeah. to try to get in front. He did get up there. But at the same time, it was, it was, it wasn't a lot of 
passing. I don't want to say passing. I don't want to say like people pass because Martin Truex got up there a lot, or he started moving his way up. Ryan Blaney moved all the way up to you know he finished third in the race. So these guys did move up from. They did move up, but it still comes back to what I've always said is you have to stop. You have to start in the top five to win this race. There's no, I mean, those guys did get up there, but there's only 150 laps and it takes no time to get around there. Yeah, this is a half a mile track, less than half a mile, I think. So you're talking 150 laps, but that'll happen in no time. They did have a halftime break. Uh, They were supposed to have a Machine Gun Kelly concert. Uh, He did practice, though. I just don't know if they played it on TV or not. But apparently they were prepping for him to be out there doing his thing. Maybe they put it in between the shows. I don't know. Anyway, um, so we did have some tempers flare. We had some cars get spun around. Um, Bubba Wallace got spun around. Michael McDowell. I'm trying to remember who else. There wasn't that many. No. Last year there was more people pushing people out of the way. Last year's race, I would say, was was the best one out of the three. Um, it was by far more aggressive. It, yes, definitely. Um, people were not aggressive this year. I think it was very rushed, and everyone was just like, this isn't a point race, it doesn't really matter. And going on that same comment, <clears throat> at halftime, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. actually got out of his car and pulled the window net down on John Hunter's car. That was at halftime. Uh, there's a video out, NASCAR.com has it, of Ricky actually going over there and yelling at John Hunter. And he had some issues with John Hunter and Michael McDowell. And they talked to him afterwards, and he, he pretty much was quoted <clears throat> that McDowell came up to him and said, Hey, I, I was trying to finish uh, 15th, 10th, something like that, move up. And Ricky came out and said exactly what everybody's thinking, and you saw it the way it raced, which that mindset's got to change if you want to have interest in this race, was this is not a points-paying race as an exhibition, so why am I going to try hard and potentially wreck my car? Yeah. <clears throat> Especially when you're coming out on the West Coast, I can see even more, I don't want to mess this car up and put myself behind the eight ball going into Daytona, where you have you're running your car on the track, <clears throat> you're running your car on the track two times before even the race starts, and that's not including practice. That's qualifying and the duels. So why would you want to run run the chance of missing a car after that? Um, Tyler Reddick was not a fan, not on on the fan list of a lot of people. Uh, Ross Chastain kind of picked up where he started last year where he was punting people, getting in people's way, things like that. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, but, you know, if this is one of the only races that he wins, he wins it. Denny Hamlin won the race. He looked kind of goofy with that haircut that he had. Yeah, definitely. He does um, look goofy. <clears throat> he got called out. I can't remember who it was. There was a big-time racer previous past the person. I think it was a racer. 
called him out on his antics. He he did his little his little comment that he made before where he said, "I beat your favorite race driver, race car driver again." He got called out for that being petty and stupid, but that's Denny Hamlin in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, you know, Chastain starting where he is, I think he's going to be he's going to be on a lot of people's crap list halfway through the season. And I don't even know if it's just good racing or not. It's get out of my way and for no yeah, reason. Yeah, but um I think um that's kind of how Trackhouse lets their race car drivers drive because Daniel Suarez does the same thing. <clears throat> that's very true. He does. Um, speaking, Daniel Suarez likes to crash himself out. Yeah, he likes to crash himself out. But that's kind of the same whole idea like with Bubba Wallace and what he did when he wrecked himself out and he got angry at, I don't remember who that was, a few two years ago. He wrecked somebody out and just turned right into him. Uh, um, that's Kyle Larson, I believe. Yeah, you're right. It was Larson. Um, you know, they claim, everybody claims that, uh, Chase Elliott did it too. And to Denny Hamlin, which I don't know. And then, then you got Austin Dillon last year trying to pull the same Denny Hamlin thing. He needs to be suspended whenever it happened to him. But, you know, anyway, go moving on back to this race. So Denny wins the clash, um, past winner Truex came up to top 10 Blaney finished third and that's going from starting dead last moving all the way up yeah so that was you know we, we talk about not a lot of passing it wasn't a lot of exciting passing there wasn't too much we figured there were going to be a lot more cautions than there were yeah. you had a nice little clump of cautions but that was about that's it. what helped blaney get up there at yeah. the end there was a <clears throat> there was like three or so like almost in a row um Blaney did call out Denny Hamlin. I think this was at the end of the race. Called him out saying that he jumped the start. And that's what helped him win. Is he started too early. Probably. So, um, you Cause know. Because he, he knew if somebody got to him, they were going to move him out of the way. Because he, he didn't have any tires right. left at all. Right. Kyle Busch, you know, he stuck up there and did well. Priest was moving up fairly well. Yeah, Priest did move uh, up. But that's his behind. that's his specialty is that that uh, racing there to do that. Um, and, and, I mean, not to negate the people that did move up, but it still comes back to who won the race. Someone who started in the top five. Yeah, he started on the pole. It's this... I. I really do not like the Coliseum, and I really hope they scrap it. I think it's also really stupid that they go all the way to the West Coast, and then they go all the way to the East Coast um, to officially start the season. I think it's very silly. Well, Junior was... I saw something for Dale Jr. He said he misses Speed Weeks. Yeah, I miss Speed Weeks, too. I think that was was something fun to do. I think that's what really, I think that's what really solidified the Daytona 500 to, to like the opening of it because everyone just got excited. Right. Like well, you had like, almost oh, nonstop racing because you you started with the Rolex 24 hours, you took a little bit off because the Super Bowl's plastered in between there. You don't want to contend with the Super Bowl, but then right after Super Bowl you went into Speed Weeks. Yeah, but and they're still at Daytona though. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's yeah, why exactly. it makes Daytona more special and feel because it's right. just like so exciting. And these teams aren't spending 
buku money. Right, to drive the all coast. the way to the West Coast. Uh, so, Dale Jr. did say that he missed Speed Weeks. He also made it a point to say that they shouldn't get rid of the Clash. Because a lot of people were talking about wanting to get rid of the Clash because of how poorly it's performed. And I have some data... I don't think they should get rid of the Clash. I think it's poorly performed because they put it all the way on the right. West Coast well, and did even, a it's not even stupid that. little it's track. Where, it's where it is. Now, just going back into the race, um, we did say that Joe, and we'll, we'll cover back what we're talking about in a little bit, but um, <clears throat> Joey Logano and uh, Ty Gibbs got into an altercation. I don't know whose hauler it was, but they were standing on the uh the gate to pick the car up to put it at the top of the i kind of really hope that that turns into like something because i don't really like either one of them and them getting mad at each other that would be kind of fun now somebody i saw on social media said joey's always going after a toyota driver he had that altercation at martinsville with truex he got in it with denny he's gotten in it with kyle bush when he was with Toyota, and now he's in it with Gibbs. It's like, what is there, is there something there, or is it just happenstance that they're doing it? Who knows? I think it's just happenstance. Yeah, it's it's Joey though. It's he. But he, also, the Fords and the Toyotas usually run around each other a lot. Right. So I think it's just happenstance. Yeah, more or less, because the Chevrolets will, on a mile and a half have been running away with it for the most part. Well, the Chevrolets didn't matter, uh, and then. And I say matter as in their HMS cars. And then you have the Fords and Toyotas fighting it over. Toyota's got two more, though, in the fight. They can take it to Ford almost. So um, that pretty much recapped the race. So going into the numbers, <clears throat> I saw this pop up. So oh, going on, with the, we said Suarez won the Mexico race. Uh, I heard it was a lot better race than the Clash. But I don't remember it. I guess it was on TV, but from what I heard, too, judging by what they were saying, is it wasn't going to be on TV, but it ended, it ended up being on TV. Oh, we didn't see it. It was. It would have been late, late. It would have been yeah, like 10 true. o'clock, 11 o'clock Eastern. But uh, <clears throat> the clash, I, I saw, um, well, let's go, go to the numbers first. So the first year the clash was out there, um, its viewership was 4283 million viewers now granted these first two numbers have been on fox and this last one was on fs1 due to the rain 23 had 3.647 million viewers and then is this just on tv tv Mm -hmm. tv and then viewership was at 1.51 million not, not bad for having to switch. Yeah, it. well, that's what that's what a lot some people were saying. Uh, but also, it steadily is going to decline because everyone's over it. Nobody. Yeah. I don't think people really like it because nothing happens. Now, segueing to that, they interviewed, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, they pretty much said they are not going back to the Coliseum next year. They're still going to be in Southern California, but they're not going back to the Coliseum. I still think it's so stupid to go all the way to the West Coast. I think they're trying to build it. But all they... the way to the East Coast. When they're all basically on the East Coast. Yeah, everything. Begin, well, everything's like think, over Think there. about the Cup Series. The Cup Series is everything on the East Coast. Yeah. Then you start going into like trucks, Thor Sports in Ohio. There is a team in Oklahoma, I think now, 
Because before that, the closest team was front row. Or furniture row, excuse me. In Colorado? Yeah, they were out of Denver. Yeah. <clears throat> but other than that, and I get they want to build that the California fan base, but if you really want to build <laughs> build the California fan base... You don't then, do an exhibition race. Well, you there. think they would get their act together on what they're doing in Fontana and get that done instead of just messing around with it. I mean, it seems like they're just caught twilling their thumbs while they slowly... And they got rid of over half the property because... Yeah. SMI is probably in so but much I mean, money with everything else But I mean, if they really want to get fans, they're, why why are people going to just go to an exhibition race? Right. I mean, well, you got... So so now you have Sonoma. That's pretty much the only California race you have now, and that's in Northern California. They're trying to expand in SoCal. You got rid of Fontana. That was your, your race because it's a cookie cutter almost of everything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And now you want to make it a short track... But you're dragging your feet so much, you're going to lose these people. Now, I don't I don't know if NASCAR realizes that. I don't know if they have somebody trying to tell them that. But as much as they keep dragging... And this is not even... I don't even know if this is... I mean, it is NASCAR because it's Speedway Motorsports. And it's, it's an SMI um, track that got cut up like a cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. But I think SMI, Speedway Motorsports, is trying to recoup money from other things. Maybe they're recouping money from the, the dirt race. Maybe they're recouping money from some of these other things they're doing. I um, <clears throat> Maybe it's the the money they're spending now that, you know, trying to put concrete down on a stinking football field. And I saw somebody say the argument about why, and I mentioned this before, about Bowman Gray and the Carolinas going there. It's a football stadium that's got a racetrack around it. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, and the guy that I saw, I can't remember if it was Seriously Fast Motorsports or somebody else, they stated it's the same size as the Coliseum when the Coliseum was done, pretty much, the the, the going around it. Mm-hmm. But that track and those stands cannot handle a major uh, racing function going into it like a NASCAR. It wouldn't be able to handle people going to it. It wouldn't be able to handle the people, just just the workers in general going through it and handling it they said they wouldn't be able to handle it mm. so that's <clears throat> and that's when he tried to pull out the whole idea that um this is not one of those things that people were complaining about it being a small track or whatever it's they just don't want it over there so I mean, do you think that they would do so since fontana's getting <coughs> redone do you think they're gonna try and get that redone this year and then they would do that do the clash there next year Montana's too far away from being done uh, I don't think it I don't think it's gonna be ready until maybe 26 at the earliest because I mean they still have <clears throat> as of the fall they were still tearing the track up I mean I think the only thing that exists now is the front stretch and that's it and they haven't even divvied up the rest of it they they lost parking because they they want to put they're gonna be putting warehouses or whatever out there they sold off that land I think Fontana is done for in my opinion. I think they're going to try and make it a short track, but where are you going to park people? Where are you going to put people? Because if you put a short track in Southern California like this, people are going to go to it. Yeah. But you're not going to have you're not going to have the capacity to hold them. And just look at it, it's I think it's just a it was done for at the very beginning when they decided to split the property up like they did. And do that. If they were to keep the property and then reconfigure it, I think it's a different story. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's done for now. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's coming. I don't think Fontana's coming back. If it does, it's twenty six at the earliest. I feel. Okay. I think they should do. There's a there's a small track near near Fontana that they could run at. If I remember correctly, <clears throat> a small hometown track that has the capacity around it to do it. I mean, they're doing that kind of crap at the Clash that they could have parked them on the road and all that kind of stuff. And it's a small track. I mean, sink some money into the local racing programs that can handle the stuff. Yeah. I think that's the smartest thing to do, not yeah. try to redo your own thing. Yeah, especially for an exhibition race. You get you get the hometown people all right. excited that they're that these drivers are coming and... It's just fun. And this year, I, I see it next year. It could be a good playoff. This year would have been great because, and we didn't cover this in our follow-up talk or our overview talk of 2024, but <clears throat> the throwback race is grassroots and short track race, like dirt racing, like how you started or how your team, somebody on your team started, going back to that kind of paint scheme of like your midget car or your modified car or something like mm-hmm. that. That would have been perfect to play off of that with this this race. Or, you know, maybe they play off of it within the next race. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. We'll see what happens going forward with that. Um, Kevin Harvick's first race in the booth. He did okay. No, Yeah, I think so. I think it was, I mean, he's got the experience because he's been calling Xfinity races for Yeah, I think he was a little, well, not nervous, but a little little rusty i don't know if that's the right word but yeah I think he did pretty good i mean fox kind of made it a little silly with their intro with him but uh, yeah yeah the first person the point of view watching him walk to the track or walk into the studio but yeah i think he did pretty good um <clears throat> so that's pretty much the coverage of the last race uh, with the the clash then we move on um, news came out that Riley Herbst is going to be running the 500 for Rick Ware. So that ought to be interesting to see that. Yeah. Um, there was an interview with Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart pretty much put everybody on notice at Stewart Haas Racing. Calling him out saying, you know, we haven't been good for years. This needs to change type thing. This has been an embarrassment. Cause I, they Did he a, have to say that after Kevin Harvick got out of the car? Probably. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't even throw Harvick under that bus. Cause no. I, I mean, Almirola did okay. He won. I don't, I don't, Stuart Haas didn't win last year, if I remember. But. Yeah. No. <clears throat> I, I don't think. Because he's got, so his, his drivers last year were Harvick, Almirola, Briscoe, and Priest. Mm-hmm. Briscoe won recently. He's the most recent Stuart Hospital. Yeah. And he might have won last year. But he's still young. Yeah. You got your two old guys out of the out of the cars. You got young guys going I mean, Josh Berry's not young, but yeah, young to Cup series. Mm-hmm. So you're throwing this high expectation on these guys. Gragson, I, I don't I think zero Fs are gonna be given to him. He doesn't care. He's just gonna go out and run his race. Yeah. Then you have Ryan Priest. I don't Ryan Priest is good, but I don't think he's good enough to have that kind of ride. Let him prove me wrong and actually win something that's not a short track race. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's his. That's his, supposed to be his bread and butter, short track. 
But I don't think he's worth it. But he's he kind of has the attitude of a Stuart Haas racer. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> uh, and that might be that might there be the problem <laughs> <clears throat> that he gets drivers like that. Yeah, he you know owner owner finds people that are like himself. Yeah, because Gene mm-hmm. Haas isn't going to worry. I, I think Gene Haas is given the keys to, and I don't know what that ownership split is between. Gene Haas and Tony Stewart, but I mean Tony Stewart's pretty much gotten rid of all of his stuff. He's probably still going to go drag racing. Yeah, <clears throat> but he's—I mean, he only owns Eldora now. I think back. I don't know if he still owns any of these other tracks. I could be wrong on that. SRX took a dump, so he doesn't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Gene Haas has got to worry about a machining company making tools for people that are actually going out there making a living. Plus, he's got the Formula One side of things too. Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot more on his plate that Tony Stewart's not even in and playing with. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of silly for him to say that, especially with getting all these newer drivers in, mm-hmm. and like, are have they driven this car before? Like, right. manufacturer. Well, I mean, you got Josh and Berry they and gotta, Gragson coming in from Chevrolet. Yeah, they got a. You know, it's different. And, I mean, I think both of them are are good enough race car drivers that they'll pick it up um, pretty quickly. But you still have, you know, 38 other drivers on the track. Yeah. That yeah, have it, been driving. There, I mean, there's a few newer ones, like John Hunter's going to be driving. He moved up. Um, so there aren't. I think he's got two of of what, how many how many are coming up? Well, Graxon, I don't know if they're going to call Graxon a rookie or not. I don't think he had the rookie stripe on his car. Uh, yeah, well, but he only got to race half the season. I, yeah, right. I don't even know if it was half. So you have, <clears throat> if you want to include him, you have Graxon, you have John Hunter, you have Josh Berry. And I think there's some, um, Kaz Grala, I think, is running almost full-time. Okay. But he's going to be in a, he's in a non-chartered car, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but Tony, so Tony Stewart has two of the newer drivers. Right. Up there. It's kind of hard to say that, like, you need to win races when they're just brand (coughs) new up there. I think the only plus that those guys have going for them is... They're running into a new body style with Ford switching over the the body style. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, they have driven in cup races before, so that <clears throat> is helpful. Yeah. So that's that's moving on. Uh, some other news that came out today that I was talking about earlier was it's depending on how you look at it. ESPN they said Warner Brothers, but I guess they're lumping Time Warner in that. ESPN, Time Warner, which is TNT, and Fox, they're joining forces to create a new streaming platform for sports. I don't know what that's going to do for something like ESPN+, Plus, but pretty much they're going to be having a large contingency of the sports. I mean, they're dumping all the sports on this. I don't know what's going to mean for over-the-air TV, FS1, ESPN. I think they're still going to stream them there, kind of like what uh, NBC yeah. does with Peacock. It's just kind of weird because it's just like all over the place now. 
Because you're talking about all the sports, and then, like, what about people who buy Red Zone and, like, stuff like that? Like, Well, that's NFL only. That That's an NFL product. That's not a ESPN or any other product. That's an NFL product. And so what they're talking about is the games that are on ESPN would be, or on Fox, would be on the streaming platform, similar to CBS putting the games on... Um, putting the games on... Paramount Plus. That kind of setup. Okay. So, I, I don't I don't know. And, and they're talking about throwing NASCAR on there, which NASCAR does have somewhat of a streaming deal, but that was with um, Amazon or, I don't know if it's Netflix. I can't remember that the details of the streaming side of that deal. But there's something to do with that streaming deal, too, where it's that. So, who knows? Um how that's going to play out. It, it's going to be different. And, I mean, we don't know the full details of it yet because it's still in infancy. But that's they're, they're talking about dumping IndyCar on there, dumping Formula One on there, the Le Mans race. So there's there's a lot of sports, uh, baseball, uh, basketball. I mean, everything's going to be on there, NFL, the UFL, all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Then... <clears throat> So moving back into motorsports, and that uh, Kyle Larson had his what do they call it an evaluation test in any car at Phoenix yesterday. He ran laps. I didn't see anything special come out of that. I don't know if they're holding that, but he's trying to be one of the only few people that have ever competed in the Indy Five Hundred and the Coke Six Hundred. Tony Stewart did that. Yeah, Tony Stewart did it. <clears throat> I think there were. I think there's only five people that have done it. I could be did, wrong on that number. Did Kyle Busch do it, or did he did something else? that was back to back. I don't remember. I don't think he drove an IndyCar. Um, but another thing that came out of IndyCar is um, Roger Penske came out and made a comment on the. I think it's almost like. Um, <clears throat> It's it's um like a charter system as he wants. He he feels that people he feels that everybody shouldn't try to get in. So if you wreck, you're out of the race type thing. Is I, I think how IndyCar set up. It's it's an open everybody you know if you wreck out and you can't qualify, you're not going to just go to the last dead end of the race or something like that. I think is what he was saying. It's it. it I saw something similar to that that it sounds like he wants to change the way IndyCar is set up and how they're qualifying and getting in the race and making, I guess, a, a race a day a race day type setup. Um, I don't know how that'll play out. i, I got to learn more about that and see how it goes um, to see if it would do that and how that would work. I wish NASCAR would go back to kind of some of that stuff too, like having to race your way in, like smaller teams, but with these charters and stuff, these smaller teams don't have a chance. So it wasn't Kyle Busch, it was Kurt Busch. He's the last person to compete in the Indy 500 and Coke 600. Okay. So Tony Stewart, Kurt Busch, if you include Larson in it, that's three out of five. There's two other people that did it. I don't know who they are. <clears throat> but that's that's the whole plan is he would be the fifth person to do that. 
But he's still got to make his evaluations and pass all that before he can even get the approval to run an IndyCar race. He probably will, though. Yeah. Um, last time it was done was 2014. Kurt Busch was the Rookie of the Year at Indianapolis Motor Speedway with a sixth-place finish. But an engine failure shorted his effort in the 600-miler. It relegated him to 40th place. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but anyway, so, kind of went off bouncing around a little bit on stuff. And our our next upcoming is we have, we're off this week, this weekend. And then we bump into qualifying starting at 8.15 on Wednesday. So make a nice make a nice dinner for your Valentine and turn the TV on and watch Hendrick Motorsports get the pole because <laughs> they're probably not going to win the race <laughs> coming on the 500 because that's what's happened the past, what, four races Hendrick's gotten the Who pole. Who do you think is going to get the pole? <clears throat> probably Mr. Vanilla. No, he had it last year, didn't he? I think he had it last year. I don't probably. think he's going to get it this year. I think it's going to be Bowman. No. Mm-mm. It's it's gonna no. be a Hendrick car. Chevrolets, if you if you've lived under a rock for the past five years, six years, the Chevrolet, specifically Hendrick Motorsports, has gone out in the one race, <clears throat> and we talked about this last week, goes out with one car on the track and can set the fastest lap time. They can't do jack squat during the race. During the race with the air all messed up. Then you have the Fords come out and it's not a 100% like it's been with Hendrick, but they're usually taking two and three and doing that. Or not not two and three, three and four, I guess, because it's one, two get decided by Wednesday during qualifying. Two and three at the duels on Thursday get decided I three know. and four. I, mean. I, I think it's going to be Christopher Bell. <clears throat> That would be something. I mean, we we did talk about how Toyota tried to redo this car to make it more... Um, but Toyota's got the super speedway push. I don't I don't know if Toyota will be up there. I mean, Denny got it a few years ago, didn't he? Probably. I think it's going to be another HMS. Maybe this is their resurgent of America's favorite driver. Oh, yeah. I mean, that... That would make so many people so happy. Maybe they'll pour some money into them this year. So I, I think I think that's going to be the case. I think you're going to have. I don't know if it's going to be a front row, but I think it's going to be a Chevrolet taking the pole. You're going to have Ford up there. The closest Toyota is probably going to be about fifth, and then Toyota is going to come out and it's going to be a Ford or Toyota. But Chevrolet won it last year. But Chevrolet won it last year, and I don't want to take away from. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. But they won it on a caution. And the la- uh, green-white checker on the backstretch, a wreck. He was just barely out in front of it. Same thing happened to Michael McDowell, too. But And that's a Ford, too. I don't, and I don't want to take away from both of them winning the 500 because you still have to be at the right spot at the right time. Yeah. But the past two Daytona 500s have ended on a caution. Not just a green-white checker restart, but a caution. Mm-hmm. 
I think Cindric was a green right checkered, and he, and that was a Ford. So you've had Ford Ford Chevrolet, Toyotas do, unless you want to go Ford Ford Chevrolet Chevrolet Toyota, and that's mm-hmm. going to be probably the Dunny. Um, <clears throat> and for anybody that doesn't know that reference, watch Bluey, and you will kind of get that reference. Um, but anyway, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it would be nice to see Christopher Bell. Honestly, it'd be nice to see one of these small teams come out there and kind of swing for the fences in the first race instead of like Corey LaJoy did at Atlanta. Yeah. Let's not wait till, you know, halfway through the season or was that race five or six? I think it's race two this year. No, they're going to Chevrolet right across. Um, but come back on the West Coast and then swing for the fences with your super speedway at Atlanta. Run, run well at Daytona and see what happens. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> we have so we'll take a break next week, more than likely, uh, unless we do a re- we might do a recap on the the duels, or do a a, a semi live but not live podcast while the duels are running, <laughs> and uh, while well, we have somebody else in here with us, giving his little commentary, and then we'll go from there, and then we'll talk about the qualifying, and we can we'll say who if we're right or not on if it's. Chris Rebell, or if it's Chase Elliott taking the pole, uh, Valentine's. So we will catch you guys next week. A um, little bit different format we start off with, where we've had a little bit more commentary since it's just not me. You guys are hearing ranting and raving. Uh, you know, some of you guys are probably thankful for that. So you know, be sure to share this podcast, like it. You know. <clears throat> shoot us a text message comment on the uh on apple podcast uh, i think it's youtube now not google play or even on spotify leave some comments you know uh five star of the podcast if you guys are enjoying this let's get this spread out so we can get some more um more input out there and more exposure and maybe we can kind of push that towards to hopefully expand this further out so anyway uh you guys have a great week and we will talk to you next week Bye.